Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. You, you missed the post. What happened? Oh, I missed the post because I can't hear the you music. Hear it. <laughs> oh, I like, thought... Maddie and I are like, yeah, it's like a very faint sound and i'm sure it comes up totally clear in the recording so it's fine but like when we heard it maddie and i both gave each other this look and we're like oh. uh i'm just gonna go where i think is i need to go hello maddie <laughs> yo what's up uh we got a lot going on today because there's been a lot going on in the world of professional sports namely nhl free agency has started i was gonna say free agent frenzy but i feel like that's copyrighted by the three letters, so I'm not going to say that anymore. NHL free agency has started, as well as NBA free agency as well. And so specifically, we want to talk about Fred Van Vliet and Damian Lillard. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But before we get into all the sports, we do want to catch up on what's been going on in the boys' week over the past week. So James, we'll start with little, you. A little redundant. That's okay. We're all a little redundant. Um, dude, I went. I went to, to Von Mills today, and there was a lineup as far as the eye can see. Literally, I was standing on a bench, and by literally, I mean I did not stand on this bench, but I probably could, and I could do the Christian Cage where I put my hand and look out, and the the line was never ending for the Croc store. Oh, I thought you were going to say for where you were going. And I was like, there's no way no, in man. hell. Crocs are in and and very in. And I think it's because you can customize Crocs now. Cause they I was going like- to say, bro, in Korea, there was entire storefronts with thousands of different buttons that you can put on your Crocs. Because yeah. like, that's a thing. The charms. But here's, exactly. But here's the thing. And obviously, you know my wife very well. She's Korean. Um... <laughs> She and it it lends credence to what she's always told me. Fashion starts there and moves here. So, you know, you know, the big, long, puffy winter jackets that would go down to like your ankles. She was like, those were big in Korea like four or five years ago. And then they came here like two years ago. So she was like, generally, if you see something that's really big there that we haven't gotten here yet, it'll be big here soon. So when we were there in last uh, September, the croc thing was massive like to the point where you would go to a sneaker store and they would have crocs there and just endless 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 buckets and rows of charms so why wouldn't anyone just mine korean fashion and try and predict like you'd make a gold mine if you were just paying attention and had your finger on the pulse of of that kind of stuff like if the if it was that significant if it was that on point you could probably make a ton of money just being ahead of the game in the west well, like, I think it also comes to, like, depends on who you are, right? Because, like, us as plugs could be like, Crocs are big there, and people would be like, you guys are idiots, right? No, 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 but you wait until the boom goes, and then you're already set up. Yeah, possibly. But anyway, go ahead with your Crocs thing. Oh, no, I just find it wild that, like, these rubber shoes that our man used Walter to used to wear everywhere are now the Like, Walter's a fashion icon now. You're, you're muted, muted, bud. Anytime, thank you. Uh, I was gonna say, anytime <laughs> I hear Crocs, I think of Walter specifically. Yeah, Walter, no, who? for sure. He used, to, he used to drive the ring truck. Well, I think he still does, obviously for for Smash Wrestling. And oh, he he's out. He, well, he doesn't dr- drive the ring truck anymore. The ring, the ring is oh, a whole s- yeah, different situation. I forgot. They, but yeah, whatever. 
man's there. Back in the day when Smash Wrestling owned a ring, yes, Walter would be the one who typically drove the truck. Yeah. Sometimes I would drive it, and then I would end up driving 120 kilometers an hour not realizing I was driving that fast in a truck because when you drive those trucks, everything seems a lot slower than it is. So, mm. but yeah, he's a fashion icon now. He might as he might as well walk runways in Paris. I I bet you he has a library of Crocs. For sure. That man that man has a Croc library equivalent to my brother's shoe collection. Hondo P. <laughs> and I bet you in about two years, when this shit continues to explode, he's going to sell them as vintage and be a millionaire. I think we should also say a happy Canada Day to those in Canada. And also, if you're not in Canada and you don't celebrate Canada Day, I know the 4th of July is coming up. But aside from that, it's also Bobby Bonilla Day. So happy, happy Bobby, to, uh, Bobby Bonilla Day to all Bonilla? of you celebrating. <laughs> Bonilla. Bonilla? Bonilla? Is that Bonilla? It's Bonilla. Oh, I think I've been saying that wrong my entire life. I was way It's because you know what? This dude had vanilla ice cream and he was just like, oh, it's like Bobby Vanilla. I mean, that very well could be what I was doing. Maddie, how about you? I was just going to say a side tangent about vanilla. Did you know vanilla ice cream is actually my wife's favorite flavor? And I'm like, you're such a loser. I don't know what the hate is for vanilla. Okay. No, I don't hate it, but it being a favorite flavor, like, get the fuck out of here. People say it's too plain or whatever, but like, vanilla is a flavor. Yeah, it's also one of the most expensive plants you can find on the planet right now. The very popular hand flavor. soap as well. Kevin Nash oh, also called everyone vanilla midgets. He did. Oh, Which God. means they were a flavor. Okay. But um, clearly Dustin's a vanilla boy because he's talking about hand soaps. I'm more of a Setsuna or Tangerine Mist man myself or a Cherry Blossom fan myself. But Are you talking, you're talking about hand soaps now specifically? Yes. So... My hand soaps, I always go to Bath and Body Works like maybe once sale. every season. Yeah. Well, because then, because it's always like buy three, mm-hmm. get 10 free. It, yeah. Yeah. It's like buy three, six for $25 yeah. or, or something. Or they're like $3.25 each. And you can load yeah. the fuck up. And when they hand well, you yeah, that mesh bag and you're like, you know why I'm here. You know, because they only <laughs> see the, these mans come in. And when I say these mans, I mean literally the, the male um, gender on the spectrum. Uh, they they immediately give you the bag because they know you're in there for the to- for the soaps, and then you're just fucking. Oh, there's literally well, no reason for us to go I mean. into that store. You go. I'm not buying like worth. body spray or something. That's that's actually. I just had this conversation with Jim yesterday. I started like a skin routine, so like I may go in there for some nice lotions. Just saying. Don't, that's not the place for nice lotions. That's no, the place for see. things that smell good. That could ruin ruin your face. Yeah, that's true. And but my skin's very expensive. It, but the the soaps, dude. I'm more of a like rain aqua. Like I like I like that uh, that they, that aroma. They just came out with a new line though. That was actually really cool. It was like one was like called Moon and Stars. It was really yeah. good. It smelled really nice. One was called like Midnight something, and it was pretty good. So like, there's a new line. I've been kind of into it. I had one endless weekend the other recently. That was pretty darn good too. Okay. I'm going to check it out because I may be at a Bath and Body Works tomorrow. And then they so. have the sub brand Winter Barn or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With the candles. Which is like, no, but like you already have the Bath and Body Works candles and then you have the sub brand of Winter Barn, which is just the same shit. And like, I can understand creating false competition, but it's in the same store. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so fine. I don't why you don't, why don't you just call it all Bath and Body Works. Like you're, you're investing well, I, more in different labels. Like the cost overhead is inefficient. I assume it's one of those situations where you want to create like 
a good, a better, and a best brand situation where Maybe. someone walks in and they look at the price differences and like, oh, I guess I'll get this one because it's a bit more expensive, but it's not the super expensive. You know what I mean? Like they'll fall, they'll usually There's fall tiers. in the middle. Like so when they see three selection. different options, the three different price points, they'll go in the middle. And then if you only had the one price point at the bottom, they would never have gone up to that middle one unless you had the three options. Yeah. No, I hear. But like the two stores that always come to my mind, Bath and Body Works, saving children on Christmas for like decades. And Pandora, saving boyfriends at Christmas for yeah, decades. Yeah, but, but you get a Pandora now, I think. You get a Pandora charm now. I think people know that you were last minute. Yeah, because it's it's <laughs> now been the thing for so long yeah, that that's people what I mean. just are used to the point, routine. At this point, they're of it. like, "You didn't know what to get me, did you?" Yeah. <laughs> so like, thank God my wife's like Pandora bracelet is. And I kind of said this Bull. to her the other day. We're we're walking through Fairview, and I was like, "Hey, you don't wear your pants." She's like, "Yeah, it's full. It's hard to wear." I was like, "Maybe you should start a new one." So I'm planting the seed now, just in case. <laughs> But we um, did that for my mom where it, it came around every year where like we don't have to get you for your birthday. So we all said, okay, we'll get her a Pandora bracelet and then we'll just get her charms every year, right? She like got so hardcore into Pandora. She just bought started buying charms for herself. Stop and now it. she has like two full fucking bracelets yeah. and we don't have anything to get her again. It's like we're back in the same boat we were. <laughs> and now you just wasted more money on all these charms. She has so. an investment portfolio with Pandora as uh shares. <laughs> Your mom's a but, uh, 6% owner in Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she's driving up her own shares. Yeah. But um, no, my week, what did I do? I mean, oh, I got, I finished tattooed on Friday. That was fun. Um, finished off the most recent piece that I was getting done. Um, very painful, this one, because by like, usually most artists only really like to do five hours, you know? five to six hours because one it's hard on them and two like for the person getting tattooed it's a lot of trauma um to go through and it gets really painful so we were at like the five and a half hour mark and he's like yo i got like an hour and a half two hours left on this he's like doesn't really make sense to make you come back one day for like two hours and i was like yeah let's just hammer this out dude my arm got so swollen by the end of it 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 was nuts to the point now like it's starting to heal and like if I bend my wrist, my skin like wrinkles up because it was so loose and now it's starting to come down. It's yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, so I did that um, more Final Fantasy. I've been obsessed with this game. Um, it's a very, very good game. And you know how I know it's a good game? Because it got Jim. Yeah, to play it and I comment on it. Little obsessed. It's good. Little obsessed. But, yeah, you know, so I'm right at the end where I'm like entering the final part of the game where you know it's like once you go in there's no going back. So I'm like doing all the side quests and the hunts and stuff to wrap everything up because I want to get everything in this game. So I'm doing that and then uh yeah, no. Honestly, I'm at the point people are like, "What are you doing for Canada Day? Let's do this. Let's do this." I'm like, "Nah, man. Leave me alone. The greatest gift someone can give me these days is just leave me alone." <laughs> so you know, just keeping it low key. What do you want? Silencia. Pretty much. Like, oh, where, where do you get that? What store is that at? It's like, no, I mean, <laughs> shut up and piss it's off. Just, they bring you a bag. <laughs> yeah. leather, they leather found the store. Color. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? It's Silencia. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty much my week. And honestly, this this week coming up, golfing, 
mix potentially anyway, hopefully. Um, and then just my wife's birthday on Friday. So yeah. Pandora. No, uh, I already got her a gift, so I can't say anything. Cause she actually does listen to our podcast. Well, she, now she knows it's not Pandora though. Yeah. Well, I think at this point she's like, you're better than that shit. Stop it. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, no, like she, she listens up until we get into the heavy sports talk. She's like, I really like your guys' intro. She's like, I don't follow sports as much as you guys. So well, banter the sports- is a necessity. Every good podcast has a little bit of banter and then yeah, banter is exactly. business. So, yeah. So she listens to this part. Um, and then, uh, usually cause it covers her drive home to her parents. So she might be going to her parents, um, at some point this week for the day to bring the kid up there to see them. So I can't say what I got her, but I have it taken care of. And then I'm taking her to lunch at this restaurant she wants to go to on nice. Friday. So yeah. What about you, big guy? Well, I didn't do anything for Canada Day either. Although I did uh, what I think is going to be a weekly routine for me on Saturday. I did go over to uh, Smorgasburg, which if you're not familiar, yeah, downtown Toronto, there's like a parking lot by the waterfront that they just convert into a bunch of like food tents trucks they did that they did that at hillcrest and scarborough town last year too it's pretty awesome yeah i know i saw your little your little drink thing and i was like fancy boy here yeah so the first week i got like just meat on a stick and i got a, a lamb beef and pork one and that was pretty awesome and then this week i got some tandoori chicken with some rice and then I went over to this other stand that had empanadas and I got a chorizo empanada. And then I got this very large like watermelon drink. What's the laughter for? Am I saying empanada wrong? No, because I thought he was going to say, I went over to this stand, to this empanada stand and I got tacos. <laughs> it's just, oh. I thought that's where I was going to go. He's like, I got chorizo tacos or something. But let me tell you, man, like every single tent probably has one person in line. Like when I went, I went like right at noon for lunch and there's probably like one person in line in every tent. It's super quick and like you're in and out in no time, except for Tito's barbecue, which had like a line that was wrapped around this fucking place. Was he selling? Cars? I haven't. It's just like it looks like chicken on a stick. Like it's not even like something that looks that amazing. It, there's literally other places there that have meat on a stick comes with a free crock charm free chicken free fried chicken <laughs> crock charm honestly i would not be surprised nowadays i should do it so it is filipino barbecue if that um adds to anyone's interest i mean maybe it's a little bit of longanisa but that's about it i think i'm gonna have to go this weekend just to see what the fuss is about why why are Canadians not as hardcore about July 1st as the Americans are about July 4th? Like we there's a significant drop off in from between yeah. Canada and the United States. Like they like we will casually like well yeah, but we'll casually have a barbecue, maybe have some family members. There are dudes that have the the whole block and like I'm cooking I'm cooking like the 55 burgers, 55 fries. Like that's like they. Well, it's they their second every- biggest holiday after Thanksgiving. That's what I mean, right? Like well, that's yeah, it's crazy. War. It's warmongering. It's like we want it. We gotta honor this. But it's independence. Yeah, war I suppose like, themselves. If the you, British, if, yeah, guess. if you compare it like Canadian, uh, I was gonna say Independence Day, but I guess it's technically what it is. Canada Day versus uh, July Fourth. 
can of the day to me is always like a chill, relaxing, you know, sit by We're the just lake happy to have a sit day by off. the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking a beer, um, listening to some tragically hip while you start or find a way. I mean, back in the day, we didn't have Twitter. Riffing, and I guess um, riffing this on past mediocre, week. Yeah. Riffing on mediocre hockey players while listening to tragically well, hip. Trying to, but your rate limit was exceeded. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this felt like a throwback can of the day where we didn't have Twitter and we didn't know. Like, we have to, like, well, how do we TV? I guess. <laughs> I guess we had to turn the TV on to see, like, how, like, where all these players are going because it was, it's, you couldn't do that anymore. But yeah, like, can of the day to me is, you know, talking about hockey and um, drinking beer and listening to Tragically Hip. And that's can of the day. And, like, the Jays will play and it's usually a, a fun game to go to, but I, I don't ever like doing it myself because too many people. But, that's kind of Canada Day. Whereas in the U.S., there was one year I was in the U.S. for Independence Day, and I was like, "This is, this is Dude, totally different." Everything is draped in the flag. Everything, everything yeah, is like named. every single, yeah, every single girl at the pool is wearing a, like a red, white, and blue bikini. I'm like, oh, okay. That's There's interesting. like Independence Day milkshakes. There's, you know, they're all red, white, and blue milkshake, Freedom Shake, or whatever. That's it's wild. Not that I'm I remember like, like obnoxiously loud it. music and it was like yeah. it was like a club. Kid Rock is just playing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's flyovers and they have like yeah. red, white, and blue smoke. So it's just a like, lot of what? Kid Rock and Shinedown all over the place. Like, hey, man. hey man, I let's not make fun the, of Shinedown. I appreciate the patriotism, but man, like the the degree to go to essentially just revert back to the most obnoxious fuck is just the most annoying thing on the planet. I just I just don't get the the gap. That's what I don't get. Like be as patriotic as you want. I don't give a shit. Uh it's just how far between the way we celebrate it and the way they do is just unreal to well, me. But then I guess I shouldn't also be surprised because another thing that you know even when we like when we used to go to Buffalo for ESW I would always be imp- partly impressed and partly like bewildered by how many, you know, houses would just have like the american flag above the garage you know just sticking out like like it's a normal thing we don't like we don't do that in canada we don't like they have forget that. what country they're in <laughs> oh yeah i'm here uh, i'm home where am i yeah um but it's it's just again not that there's anything wrong with it it's just interesting how you could be so close yet there are these little cultural nuances that don't exist so deeply rooted in literally the foundation of your culture being your country it's very interesting like i said right like i think if you think of canadians you think more of like passive and um i don't know if calm is the right word but chill reserved. i think chill is just a good yeah reserved that's a good way of using it too whereas american is loud and proud you know yeah. and everything they do is proud and motherfucker they are loud and fourth <laughs> of july they got the speakers going as loud as they can yeah. they got lighting off fireworks not that we don't light off fireworks but like it's just yeah, it seems to just be more in your face and out there with the, the Americans. But hey, you know what? Whatever. It's their country. Yeah. <laughs> and they. Well, I will say my neighbors did fireworks in their driveway at 1030 last night. And I was ready <laughs> to go out there with a baseball bat and just start cleaning heads. A few years ago in my parents' neighborhood, there was someone like a couple streets over that was lighting off fireworks in their driveway. And then their house got fire. <laughs> Oh, so, dude, if anything like that comes, like if there's a fire that starts on my lawn, even if they put it out, like 
my foot's going through their door and I'm like, their house is turning into a rage room for me. Yeah. There's a reason why um, <laughs> there's like city bylaws that say, don't do this near your home. Like go to a park. Oh, most parks don't even allow Like I drove by Markham today. It said this park does it, fireworks are prohibited. So yeah, because they're probably too close to houses and there yeah. can be, you know, fire that yeah. happens because they are fireworks. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just very much like my neighbors just think that, I don't know, they're just entitled fucks. Be careful, man. Nuts. They could listen. That's so fine. my can of the day it pretty much consisted of going and getting some food. And then I watched the Jays game and watched WWE Money in the Bank. Um, and <laughs> James, we won't get too deep into this. I just, I wonder how many times... Triple H is going to have to go up to a podium in a press conference and tell the people why they didn't do the obvious thing that everyone wanted. It reminds me of WrestleMania when he had to get up there and go like, hey man, the story's not over. It, it, like Just because Cody didn't win today doesn't mean it's not going to happen some other time. Like The story isn't over, it's just beginning. It's just the end of a chapter. And then he has to, again this time, go up on a podium and say, hey yeah, LA Knight didn't win because, you know, tune in. We're, we're still telling the story. It's like, fuck, god damn it. You know, I don't think they L- get it. LNA didn't have to win. It just didn't have to be Damien Priest. You know what I mean? Like, it, we talked, I sent you a message. It could have been three guys in that match, but it made sense. Like, you, could have just, you could have justifiably put it on Logan Paul uh, as much as any of the other guys in that matchup, and it would yes. have made more sense. It, it actually, you know what? The If, if I was, again, uh, if I was booking, or if I had any say... Logan Paul makes the most sense. I would have him huh? everywhere holding that briefcase, telling people, you don't know when I'm going to cash this in on his podcast, anything. Everywhere he goes, I would, just, I would, have, I would be like, carry it with you and talk about it. And then he's going to build the speculation. And, and everywhere he goes, he's going to build this anticipation is, is, when is, is when is Logan Paul. And now that they have a second title, you don't even have to have him use it against Roman Reigns. Right? Like there's, it's, and then he could win that title. And again, now he's carrying that title across. Like, it makes way more sense marketing your company that way than this dude. I mean, Logan Paul doesn't even have to win. So even if you use him as the vehicle to drive eyes to the product, he doesn't have to ultimately win. But anything. why wouldn't Anyways. you? Right? Like, he's, he's already the like, top three on your roster. It's not, like, it's not like making him a champion hurts you. It's yeah. only benefits, right? So... And the, the more I watch this, I, I, I just think, man, they just really fucked up just not putting the belt on Cody. Like, like all of this stuff can still happen as it is now. If, like, because Roman Reigns was, had a tag match against the Usos. He doesn't need the title for that. And now he's going to go to a match in SummerSlam against Jey Uso. He doesn't need the title for that. Well, like, the title, is, eh. the title is the name of, of his family, right? The title is the head of the table. The title doesn't have yeah. to be the WWE Championship. Cody could have won that, and you spin Cody off against Brock Lesnar for the title. Then you spin Cody off versus Seth Rollins for the title. Then you spin Cody or Cody off against Nakamura or LA Knight or Logan Paul. For yeah. like all of this could have happened. The only thing I'll say is that there is a little more gravitas with this unbeatable force that is the champion, and like he just got pinned now. You know, it, it it's different. Like they made a big deal of the fact that he got pinned now the same way he initially got pinned. 
you know and there's and you don't have to lose the title because it's in a tag match i do get it uh however yeah they could have done the cody at mania thing to be honest i still think cody at this mania was a little too early so maybe that's part of it i don't think he should have won the rumble i don't think that's just me but we digress yeah that's fine and money in the bank was money in the bank it was it was a good time nevertheless um also a good time i saw anita jones today and honestly i enjoyed it is it going to get great reviews probably not are people going to complain about cg probably but i liked it i thought it was a fun movie i didn't take it too seriously but if you'd ask me like over the i should probably look it up like all the movies i've seen in the past week (laughs) that have come out recently do you have do you have movie pass or whatever it is i do have cine clubs uh whatever the fuck it's called i do like it cine club it's pretty convenient yeah and i mean i go often enough and it also gets gets you a, a minor discount in concessions so that part of it's nice yeah nine dollar bottle of water only costs you 875 exactly so you, there are some savings um if i look at my recently watched of course indiana jones was today i saw the flash like the week before that and then transformers spider-man fast 10 was like the most recent ones that I saw. I think I definitely enjoy this more than The Flash. I definitely enjoy this more than Transformers. Definitely not Spider-Man. Spider-Man was better. This is probably a better movie than Fast 10. Like if you remove all the other nine movies, I think Fast 10 isn't that great. I mean, Scream and Creed 3, John Wick 4, and uh, Mario Brothers, I guess at the end of the year. So it's not the best movie I've seen all year. Definitely not. But it's better than Flash and better than Transformers. So <coughs> all the movies that are out right now, I haven't seen Asteroid City yet. I don't know. I don't think that's even getting good reviews. So I think this might be one of the better movies of the summer so far. Obviously, Oppenheimer and Barbie's going to blow it out of the water. I fully expect Barbie to be the best movie of the summer. Did you best hear Oppenheimer? Year, apparently, people are like leaving that movie in tears. It's, it's going to be a heavy story. Um, speaking of things that are great to watch, Secret Invasion is really good. I have been watching Secret Invasion. I have. I, I have to watch so, episode two. It's very. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, very, it's only two episodes so far. Yeah. I think the second episode takes it in a completely different direction than I thought it was going to go in terms of like the tone, not necessarily the storyline. But yeah, it was cool. I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. And I feel like the MCU needs this of something a it bit needs, more serious yeah it needs different looks right like it, it, comic books have different looks they have different tones different levels of uh stakes and it feels like the stakes are high like every episode it feels like the stakes are getting higher and that's what you want and i enjoy that but now some something that everyone is going to enjoy is saving some money because this episode is brought to you by now your treasures now your treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit now your treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S.ca or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send them a DM 43.6 to receive 
43% off any order. I felt like I had to talk about Now Your Treasures now because there's only a few stories on the list and I think we're going to go pretty deep on the NHL free agency that has been started as of yesterday, July 1st, Canada Day, the tradition that it is. We'll start from the beginning because there's a lot here. But as I'm doing this, I am constantly refreshing Nick Kiprios on Twitter, Elliot Friedman on Twitter, and Chris Johnston on Twitter because we are on Max Domi watch right now. As oh, of time was, of recording, I thought it was official. Everyone is, it's not official yet. So as of time of recording, Max Domi is believed to be in the works or believes to have a contract in the works with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, like one I don't year, see like anything. Well, Wikipedia, yeah, so, like I'm no Wikipedia is not the authority, but the, someone's already updated it to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, that's not official yet. So by the time this episode goes up, maybe it is official. And Max Domi is a Maple Leaf, one year, two and a half million. That's what's being reported. Jay Fresh Hockey put out his player card saying signed by Toronto. So yeah, but I, I, I'm waiting for a an I know, official like, person you like, like that official, You like that Leaf tweet. No, he he likes that Elliot Friedman tweet. I'm actually not even the biggest fan of Elliot Friedman. Did I ever told you my Elliot Friedman story? No, I think so. So there was this was way back in the day Did he when I was covering. I think he big time the entire room. Honestly. Oh really? Wow, this is awesome. I need to know this. So right, let's go back in the day when I was covering the Toronto Blue Jays, and after. The game, we're in the clubhouse and you're doing the interviews. Like, you're, you're everyone's just kind of hovering around the player and jamming a microphone in their face, right? <laughs> and everyone just asked, not just everyone, collectively between the group of all the media that's around the player, you probably get three or four questions out until they, they fuck off. So you just shout out your question and they answer your question and everyone gets the audio and off you go, right? Elliot Friedman. Like, I don't remember what player it was. Walks up behind the guy and like whispers a question into his ear. And then the guy like turns to him and like, and like answers his question. And then they like almost have a conversation like ear to ear. And I'm like, is he doing this so we don't hear his question because he doesn't want people stealing his line of questioning or understand? Like, it just felt like the weirdest thing for anyone to do. And ever since that moment, I've always looked at him as a weird man. Now, it's possible that Elliot had like laryngitis or something, and maybe he wasn't able to uh, vocalize. But if that's the case, I don't know why you want your face that close to professional athletes. I don't know. Whatever the case, it just seemed like a very strange thing to do. And everyone like kind of looked at each other like, who's this fucking clown? And why is he doing this? And so you said this was for what? This is when we're covering the Toronto Blue Jays. So we're in the Blue Jays clubhouse. So this is before and, he got like big time hockey night in Canada. Oh yeah, probably bef- definitely before that. I think at the time he might have been with the score. Yeah, mm, maybe, maybe it was yeah, after yeah. that. Actually, it was two thousand eight. So wherever Elliot Friedman was in two thousand eight, that's what he, he might have been writing for a newspaper at the time. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? Like, I, maybe he's just like a socially awkward dude, and like at that time it was maybe newer for him to do big media scrums like that instead of the one on one thing, and he wasn't quite sure and uh, still kind of figuring it out i don't know but, man i was a 20 year old kid and i was okay with standing in the middle of everyone else so yeah but you're like a sociable dude some people aren't comfortable with that <clears throat> right 
And to be clear, like he wasn't there every game. So I like I don't know why he was there at that particular game for that time. There was like some reporters who like who were there for every game, and there were some guys who were only there for certain games. And I don't know what the reason was. Maybe they're working on a particular piece, so they're working on a documentary or whatever, and they needed access for that day. But and I, one of those things that always stood out to me too is like, and I again I don't remember the players. I wish I remembered them, but like there was this one girl, and I don't remember. I want to say it was Seattle the team that she worked for don't remember her name but it's always like hmm when there's very rarely girls in the clubhouse like female reporters but i can tell you with 100 percent certainty every time there isn't a girl in the clubhouse the guys walk out of the showers with towels on but every time there was a girl in the clubhouse the guys are walking out of the shower without a towel on i'm like hmm I've never seen your penis before until like this girl came in here. Hmm. Dustin Tiger, this has gone on like on a weird tangent. And I'm just, I'm just, it's reminding me instantly of like all these like uh, clubhouse stories from back in the day. Anyways, I digress. Currently, Max Domi is pending, not signed by the Maple Leafs, but it's pending. It may be happening. I remember on this very show. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about who we thought of the list. I think Maddie was rhyming off a list of like all the upcoming free agents, and James and I were saying yes or no if we think they are going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf or not. When the topic of Tyler Bertuzzi came up, I think I said like this guy's going to get like six and a half, and there's no way the Leafs can afford it. And as much as I would like him to play here, and I think the Leafs will go after him, I don't think they'll have the money for it, and he'll sign somewhere else. I was close on the money, <laughs> but somehow the Maple Leafs made it work. Same with Max Domi, where I think all of us were in agreement in saying we would love to see Max Domi here. I didn't think he wanted to play here. I mean, he's um, outwardly said, but I think that's just Max. I think he just, he's a shit talker, right? Like, that's just. Well, especially when you're playing for Montreal. Like, you right. kind of have to say, like, fuck the Maple Leafs, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Did you want to start at the bottom? Are you starting at the bottom or are you going to start at the top? Let's let's start at the bottom. I know I, I kind of jumped to the top there just because we are literally at this moment. I just want to set the level of expectation right now that we are literally waiting for the official word on Max Domi right now. So we'll start at the bottom and I'm just going to go over the stuff that I think is relatively important. I think the first one that dropped like right before 12 noon, the, the word was going around that, hey, a deal with the Leafs and Shen is not happening. And it sounds like he's had an offer that he's going to accept elsewhere. Which always makes you raise an eyebrow where it's like, huh, free agency hasn't started yet, but he already knows where he's going and where he's signing. Now, I'm not saying anybody's tampering, but I think what probably happens here, I'm willing to bet the Nashville Predators, whomever Luke Shen's agent is, let's say he is represented by Maddie Key, and I'm the Nashville Predators, I call up Maddie and I say, hey, I don't, I'm just saying my team, the Nashville Predators, are in the market for a right shot defenseman who can provide some sandpaper to our lineup. And we would be willing to offer anyone that you represent a three year contract for him. Let me know if you have someone that comes up. No one said any names, no one agreed to anything. And then, lo and behold, 12 o'clock, they fax that contract right over to Luke Shen, 
who signed a three-year deal worth $2.75 million for the Nashville Predators. So that was the first big one that came off the board. And I say big one because I think a lot of people expected that Luke Shen was coming back and that he was going to continue to play here. And that's not the case. I don't think a lot and of now people start- were, I don't think a lot of people were expecting Luke Shen to make that money considering he came off multiple consecutive seasons at, at or around league men. Yeah. Right? So I mean, I think we all kind of thought maybe he would double his pay, you like know, 1. at 1.5 uh, 1. maybe 5, two. yeah. But to almost triple his pay, more than triple his pay actually, if he was making 800 um and get term. And that's the thing too. He got 3 years at at 275. So no, he didn't yeah, he did triple his pay. So I think that's good on him. Yeah, I mean, get your bags, Luke. I mean, I, I you'll we'll talk about it with the next signing for Nashville, but there's something going on in Nashville. Well, shipped a lot of guys out. It's it's Barry Trotz, right? You know, David Poyle is there for since the team's inception. It's the only GM that organization's ever had. And then you have Barry Trotz, who was a massive member of that organization, coming back to that. Um, and you can clearly tell that how he was as a coach, hard, no nonsense, but fair. It's the same way that he's going to operate as a GM, um, which we can see through the buyouts, Matt Duchesne, um, and then, like you said, going out, getting Shen, being aggressive, getting a couple other guys. The only thing is, is, is I do think there's things going on in Nashville, but what do they have around them that's, you know, beyond your Philip Forsberg in terms of youth? Because they're an older team. Yeah, I don't think they're. I don't think they're so concerned with that. And again, well, I'll let Dustin go into the next Nashville signing. But I think for Trotz, it's about you know recapturing some of that culture in Nashville. Since the Maple Leafs lost a bit of sandpaper with Shen. They went and offered a three-year deal to Ryan Reeves, three years Ooh. at four point zero five million for about one one point three five and change average annual value that account against the cap. Reeves, not a young kid. He's he's our age or my age, I should say. He's thirty six years old and never really been a point producer. I don't think that's why he's being brought in. Ryan Reeves is going to be a guy to punch you in the face. Now, and run you over. I know there's been a lot of people on both sides of this. So, James, I know what side you're on. I just want to present the facts here. Uh, Ryan Reeves is not going to help you offensively in any way. But, but when someone decides to yell in the face of your goaltender, when someone decides to ragdoll Austin Matthews, when someone decides to uh, take a cross check to the back of Matthew Nyes when he's already on the ice. This is when Reeves steps in and beats the fuck out of them. No, so you know what? That's not even going to happen. You know why? Because it's not even going to get to that. Because he will stand at the center line and stare at the rest of the fucking team. Say, you try and lay a hand on any one of these guys, your career is over. So it's not even like a he's there as a answer. He's actively a deterrent. So. Matthews isn't going to get ragdolled because the guy ragdolling him is going to have to look down that bench and see Ryan Reeves in his wide-eyed stare lipping at him and saying, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this. 
Do you see the hit I posted on Instagram the other day that Ryan Reeves had on what's his name in Detroit? Dumb. He almost ended that dude's career. And it was yeah. the cleanest hit you would ever see. Ryan Reeves is 230 pounds. Yeah. The thing the thing with Reeves is is people say, and you you, you I'll forgive the misconception of of he's not going to bring you offense. He's not going to bring you stats. He's not going to bring you numbers. Oh, and people think he's going to bring hockey, you offense though indirectly because right. what he's going to do is those guys are going to be so comfortable out there that their production is going to be better. So he's not bringing you offense in terms of direct goals and assists, but he's doing it through other guys feeling more comfortable, and feeling make, easy out there, and making mistakes, forcing mistakes on the other team. We've talked about this ad nauseum. You, when a guy like Ryan Reeves is out there, and hockey is a game of split decision, there's split second decisions, changing on the fly. You need to know who's on the ice at all times. I'm telling you, man. If if I was an NHL player and I'm now I'm playing the Maple Leafs next year and I'm running down an icing or I'm chasing a puck in the corner, I'm looking over my shoulder three times instead of two, because I want to know if it's Ryan Reeves or Willie Coast Nylander coming up my back. But in either scenario, I've now wasted that split second to look again and that could cause a mistake which means you're forcing errors which means you're creating offense you're grinding down the other team not only physically but mentally like i said like it wears on you to have to think even more in the game of hockey because you already have so little time you know and then there's the other piece so if you count you know the deterrent the cop the grind the mistakes the intimidation right then you go into what Trey Living was talking about and, and being a noisemaker in the room. You know, a lot of reports are these guys kind of separate into little groups. They keep to themselves. I found it interesting that he was saying that he could be a great guy for the room. Uh, and then Reeves said he's heard it's a quiet room. I, I wonder if Trey Living has talked to some guys or knows stuff and, and has heard that these guys separate themselves into little groups and, and are quiet. And that's why it doesn't like, it doesn't gel always the way it should. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if Reeves gets in there and, and, you know, holds these guys accountable to be, well, he said he's, he's a team guy. He's a glue guy. He keeps guys together. He drags them through as a team. And that's, I mean, you can't put a price on that, right? You know, it's a guy who's, who's going to, in the room call marner out on his bullshit probably and if marner's you know being a coward he's going to call him out on being a coward because he doesn't care right like he's I'll, he's yeah, about the team I'll, I'll, like think, think that guy gives a fuck about hit the name on the back of his jersey no that dude's been around and seen so much in this league and has literally bled for his entire career for his for teammates. The sport for and for his teammates now the one thing is is and i i had this conversation with somebody today at the gym because they were asking about it and they were like yeah but like this and that and you know ryan reeds and blah 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 and i was like i'm very aware that and again i i hate to kind of go here because it's almost not fair but i just flat out said to the guys like you've never played the game you do not know what it's like having one of those dudes on your team you don't know what it's like either when you have a guy sitting there on the bench before the game saying, no one's touching you tonight. Go out, play your game. I'll take care of the rest. Guy who's saying, I'm willing to put my health on the line for you so you can go out there and just be you. And when you have that guy on your team, not only is it do you play better on the ice, 
but it makes you invest in the team more because you're like, shit, if this guy's doing this, I have to give more. Right. So, and that's, and, and that's what I was saying is these guys like Mitch and Austin and Austin's a big boy. He can defend himself. He just tends to stay away from it. But like Austin, uh, Mitch, uh, Nylander, even Tavares, like some of the liberties guys take with Tavares sometimes, you know, those little hacks and whacks that Tavares got, you know, coming out of the offensive zone. We saw in a few games last year, or, you know, even a guy like Lilligren or Riley, you know, these guys aren't going to have to worry about getting run because they know that all the cheap shit that happens after the whistles or when the ref's not looking, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, this dude and, sees everything. And those guys will play bigger. Like guys will feel more confident throwing checks, knowing that they're not going to get the retaliation immediately. Cause the NHL is a, is a league of retaliation now, right? You throw a clean hit and you're toast. Uh, if, if Marner throws a hit, he's not going to want to answer for it. But if Marner throws a hit now, he's not going to have to, cause no one's going to want to, to, to call that bell. Cause it won't be Marner answering. It'll be Reeves. Right. So guys, you know, you do play bigger knowing you have, someone to back you up and at the end of the day it's, it's 1.3 million you know the guy says all the right things he's you i saw a clip today of an interview he was doing on zoom with somebody so forgive me i didn't see who it was with but he was talking about that he has to change his game and he's been focusing on speed so that he can keep up and be effective like the guy's not a moron like he understands that he has to he even has to change his game and he's not you know it's it's the league is different it's less fighting but he's still physical. He's still, you know, he hits to hurt. And he hits to, to leave you with a memory, right? And we don't, we, again, talk all you want about we had Matt Martin and Wayne Simmons. Like, fuck Wayne Simmons ever threw a hit the way Reeves throws hits. Like, fuck Wayne Simmons would stand up to Tom Wilson the same way Reeves stands up to Tom Wilson. It's not the same. Like, Reeves is a different cat. Like, no, completely. He's the like, toughest dude in the league. And I'm going to get a Reeves jersey. Or I'm gonna. I have a blank jersey that I can put Reeves' name on the back of. Well, think of it like this too. It may not be the start of the game, but say ten minutes into period one, Reeves throws a big hit on somebody in the corner, or you know, on the boards in the neutral zone, or in the offense or in the defensive zone. You know, D-man tries to pinch low, and he does that. You think that D-man's gonna pinch low the next chance he gets with Reeves out there? You think that forward's going to think about going up the wall and carrying the puck in? You think that D-man is going to take the puck and have enough time to come out, make a decision and, you know, have all the time in the world to make that pass? No, he's not because he's going to be so, they're going to be so effing scared of that dude taking their head off. And for a dude who plays the way he does, he's relatively clean. Like he doesn't play dirty. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't get suspended. Like he keeps it pretty honest. So I'm all for it. It reminds me of that scene from Endgame where Tony Stark is first like rescued by Captain Marvel. And he's like yelling at Steve Rogers and saying, Are we the Avengers? Because that's what happens. Like we wait for shit to happen and then we then we react. Or should we be the Prevengers? Right? Like he's remember when I talked about putting a suit of armor around the world? Yeah. That's what Reeves is. Reeves is our suit of armor around the world. Well, that's it. We're not reactionary anymore. We're going to take the game to them. Like, why do we always have to be able to take someone else's game and, and continue to play? Why aren't we leveling our game against the opponent? And this is the first step in doing that. Yep, yeah, the fight is coming. Let's 
let's prepare for it, I think is the the theory right now with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, this wasn't on the list for whatever reason on Sportsnet, so that's why I skipped over it. But I guess uh, since we're here, let's talk about it. Also signing with the Nashville Predators was Ryan O'Reilly, who made it uh, pretty clear that he had no interest in coming back to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, four years, four and a half million dollars a year. Um, I think it's very easy that the Maple Leafs could have got that contract in their payroll had the situation come up. But I'm kind of okay with them walking away from Ryan O'Reilly, or or should I say Ryan O'Reilly walking away from the Maple Leafs. I'm kind of okay with it. I don't know if I'd be interested in a four-year contract for Ryan O'Reilly, at least based on what he showed as a Maple Leaf. Look, he didn't play horribly, but he definitely didn't play as well as he was in St. Louis. Well, Certainly not when he won a Stanley Cup. And he was hurt. And that's exactly like we don't really know to a full extent of what he could have brought to the table for the Maple Leafs because he was hurt for a lot of the the stretch run. And then when he came back in the playoffs, I don't know if he was 100%. I'm also I'm fairly certain and confident to say that he was nowhere near 100% during the Maple Leafs Cup run. And, you know, during that Cup run, <laughs> Cup run, <laughs> hold on, let me rephrase that. During the, the two thinking. rounds the Maple Leafs played in, um, I don't think he was anywhere near 100%, and he was still probably one of the best guys the Leafs had at the time. So all I'm saying is I'm not terribly upset with him going, but now that I see the contract of four years, I'm very okay with him going. Yep. I, I know we got a ton to get through, so I'm going to make my uh, opinion on this real quick. I don't, I don't see going forward where he would have fit into this roster other than a third-line role. I don't think you can have two guys that lack foot speed on the second line with Tavares and O'Reilly long-term, so... I'm cool with it. I uh, loved him here. He was great. But I just, going forward, I don't see how it, it would have worked. Yeah, I concur. I think um, for all those points, and also, too, the dude's not getting any younger. He's been some hard miles on him. If he was willing to come back for two years at $3 million per, fine, do it. I'm cool with it, right? But, you know, on at that price tag, I just think it was for that, type of player at that age now if he was 27 sure i'll do that but the dude's what 33 34 uh ryan o'reilly is 32 years old okay so So at the end of that contract he's 36 right and you're paying him you know and four and a half million dollars here's the other thought with the reeve deal the dude's 37 say if he gets hurt or the end of year two and he just doesn't work out that 1.3 million is nothing to buy out, especially yeah. with the cap skyrocketing. That's what two years of having to be 800,000 on your cap dead cap space. Well, to be fair, and I know this is a conversation has come up a lot around all of these free agents with the cap going up or plan to go up and everyone's expecting the cap, not this year, but uh, the next year or the year before the year after and the year after once all these TV contracts come up and once the lockout ends, cause there will be a lockout. Um, yeah, we're expecting the salary cap to go up significantly. So the back end of this Ryan O'Reilly contract where he's making $4.5 million a year, where right now that counts as 5% of the cap, that might look like 2% of the cap by right. the time the the cap goes up. So if we're going to use that for Reeves, for Reeves it's yeah. fair to say we can also apply that same logic to the Nashville Predators as well, right? So I understand where they're going with that, the Predators. Um. I'm still not like I. 
still not really sure what the team is doing as a whole, though. If you look at yeah. like their roster and like, I get some of these pieces on different teams, but to bring them into Nashville, it seems odd. But you know what? It's it'll be an interesting team to watch. I think they're not going to be a fast team. No. No, <laughs> no, they're not. They and they're not going to be a team be. that scores goals either. But like, they never have been. No, a team like they tried to remedy that by getting Duchesne before and having Ryan Johansson there and Philip Forsberg and getting Granlund and things like that. But they got those guys all outside of Forsberg and kind of Johansson a little bit. He was kind of more back end. But the problem is, is those guys were kind of past their, I guess, production dates. In terms of like Deshane wasn't the guy that was in Colorado putting up like 85 points a season or even in Columbus where he had a really good season and things like that. Like he was past his, you know, peak of production. So I don't know. Like I look at, they'll be a fine team. They'll probably be competing for a playoff spot. They will maybe make it in. Um, but I don't see them being you know, powerhouse, like we remember them being like four or five years ago, you know, Nashville is going to, they'll win games two to one, you know, three, two here and there, maybe a couple one, nothing games, a couple overtime wins and shit like that. But they're not going to be an exciting team to watch. That's for sure. There's a couple of them that kind of came out of, I should say came out of nowhere, but in terms of like value of the contract, it was interesting to me. So two of them will rattle off at the same time here. And this obviously has a lot to do with the buyout that happened for Blake Wheeler. Yeah. But one year, $800,000 to the Rangers, Blake Wheeler, is potential to be an absolute steal. And I'm going to add another one in here for a potential to be an absolute steal. One year, $1 million for James Van Riemsdyk to the Boston Bruins. I, I think that's one of those. Both those situations are super low risk and super high upside, right? If it doesn't work out with Van Riemsdyk or Wheeler, who fucking cares? It's, le- it's like a million dollars or less for one year. There's absolutely no risk at all. Yeah. No. It's, well, that's the thing. is with the, a, a lot of what you've seen is very short-term deals where guys would be looking for those seven, six, eight-year deals um, coming in. Guys are, are teeing themselves up for the big paydays coming whether it's the end of the current CBA or the uh, projection of this uh, salary cap skyrocketing. So, I mean, I, I don't know if, I don't know if that applies. I think you're right on the, the Bertuzzi and the Domies. I don't know if that applies to the Van Riemsdijk's and Wheelers. I think they're no, 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 not them, yeah. but I'm just saying in general with some of these guys that you're like, Whoa, he's only did, you know, two, three years. Yeah. You know, so and just because it happens seemingly every offseason, we do have to mention that former Maple Leaf Connor Brown is now an Edmonton Oiler at <laughs> one year, 775000 Okay. I don't mind writers being a bit of homers. That's cool. The article title, or I guess the quote that came from Mark Spector's article in Sportsnet for the Connor Brown signing for to the Edmonton Oilers is absolutely mind-boggling and I said this to Jimmy yesterday he was like Oilers get a steal and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the direct quote in front of me I am currently looking for it but his thing was Oilers get a steal of a top line player in Connor Brown for the league minimum 
Um, I don't know if I would classify him as a top line player. Like right. if you look at just their roster right now with McDavid, Drysaitel, Hyman, Kane, Nugent Hopkins, I don't put Brown above any of those guys. I don't think anyone would be crazy enough to say they would. Connor Brown's a high end third line player and a mm. average to acceptable second line player. Yeah, I was gonna say he's 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 a top six forward in the NHL. Where he fits on the spectrum of top six is is debatable. I mean, that, I think he's a guy who can who can move in and out of your your top line into your second line. You know, I don't. I think he's a middle middle of the road, high upper middle second liner. You know, he's gonna net you. He could net you between twenty and twenty five goals. He has familiarity with with McDavid, and that's that's the reason for the signing. They have history, so and they've have been having trouble finding people to play with those guys. So any any little bit of history or anything that gives somebody an inside track with McDavid, I'm sure is welcome in Edmonton. Yeah, like that's what they're banking on. But man, those dudes were seventeen, eighteen. They're now like their late twenties, right? So I don't know. I just think you know it's one thing if coming out of junior, it's the same thing with Duran going to play with McKinnon again in Colorado. That they're leaning on that history where guys have become drastically different players in the twelve years that they played together. You know, like you think Connor Brown can keep up with McDavid now in his current state? I don't think so. Like in junior, it's one thing. It's different when the dudes matured and put on muscle and had more time to devote to his craft and things like that, you know? So I don't know. Here, here's what it said. <laughs> Oilers GM Ken Holland was able to land a top forward in Connor Brown for the league minimum who will provide the size and grit that the club has been searching for. Well, it says top forward, not top line forward. It also says size and grit. <laughs> Which I don't think is true either. <laughs> so, I mean, he's six feet, 183. So he's an average size player for an NHL player. Right. I don't know. I like, I think he's a good signing and I think oh, that, that, you know, for what the, the like, Oilers need, but I just think they're blowing it way out of proportion for what he means to that. Like as a signing, like it's fine. Yeah, I agree. I don't think any of us are trying to insult uh, Connor Brown right now. We all like Connor Brown. Yeah. I, I honestly, if the least were to bring him back at like one, 1.2 million as a second or third line player, I would have been happy with it. I wouldn't have said that's the player they needed the way that I mean, some people are treating it, but whatever. That's just me. Now, anyway, there's more free agencies. The next big signing for the Detroit Red Wings, three years, $3.4 million a year for a total of $10.2 million. Everyone's favorite Maple Leaf. We are so sad to see him go. Mr. Justin Hall. Dude, that's wild. Like he I has know pictures say, of Iserman in some compromising <laughs> positions for sure. With a goat. Uh there's I know there's a premium on right-handed defensemen, but dude, this is fleecing. <sighs> for context, Justin Hall's career average earnings is seven point six million dollars that he's made his entire career thus far. 
He's going to sign a $10.2 million contract. He's going to make half of it in the first year. So, again, Jim's right. Right-handed shot defenseman. You know, obviously, um, something that is coveted in the NHL. Because even, you know, a bottom pair right-handed defenseman is seen as higher up in the lineup just because of what they can provide compared to everyone else. But I just, I see some of this. I'm convinced part of this was a cap floor issue for Detroit. You know, because they trade for Yamamoto and buy him out right away. That goes against their cap. They signed Justin Hall to a pay raise when it's very obvious what that dude can and can't do in the league and is what he's willing to do and not do in the league. And he got a raise in term, a little bit of term. So I, I think part of this is, yeah, we need a right shot defenseman. Hey, we can give you this because we got to get to the cap floor. And that's where they were. That's the only explanation I can come up with. Because I don't see them thinking he's a top four guy. There's no way. But you're paying him like one. I think he's going to be a top four guy in Detroit. <laughs> I think he's going to be. I can't wait for that first game of Leafs against Detroit and Austin Matthews absolutely torches Justin Hull or Mitch Marner just absolutely breaks his ankles. Or Ryan Reeves runs him through the glass. Man, there's so many times where you look at Justin Hall and you're just like, this guy's awesome. And then every, every time you see that, there's like five things he'll do where you're just like, Halsey, what the fuck, man? Like, it always <laughs> seems like... There's some like I, I don't know if it's focus or what, but there's always something that he does where it's like, dude, like what game are you playing right now? Or that he doesn't do. You know, like prime example was that game one against the Panthers and just absolutely let Sam Bennett walk right in front of the net, come around behind of the net and skate in front and did absolutely nothing except the the Dion special, just waving the stick. You know, around there, and it was just—I don't know—it's frustrating. It the worst thing to be is like you can accept mistakes, and can you you can accept guys' ability, but the one thing you never want to be in the sport of hockey is a frustrating player in the sense of like in the coach's eyes or even in like other people's eyes. You never want people to be frustrated with you, and that's all I've ever felt with him is frustrated because he had the size. Could have played bigger, but he didn't. So that's my mindset on Justin Hall. The next big signing was probably the biggest of the day, mainly because he was the biggest name on the board when you look at everyone's projections of the best players available. And I'd have to look it up, but I think it might be the highest amount of money given on a per year basis. Dmitry Orlov signing two years with the Carolina Hurricanes. 7.75 7.75 a year, only a two-year deal, so it's 15.5 total. But 7.75 might be the highest amount of uh, salary going out, unless I'm crazy. But Carolina, they had some business to do this offseason. Boy, are they making changes. So Orlov obviously comes in and be, is their highest-paid defenseman at this point. But if, man, if you look at this defense with Orlov and Slavin and Brent Burns. Brett, and Brett Pesci. 
and Pesci as well. That's a good decor. They, they have $28 million committed to their defense right now. It's and then, and pretty gave, remarkable. I don't want to jump ahead, but then they gave Michael Bunting $5.5 million or four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half yeah. for three years. Yeah. It's, dude, I don't know where... And they re-signed Anderson. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. They have three goalies on one-way contracts. I don't know where Carolina is getting this money. I seem to think that... Uh, maybe it's just because guys like Aho and, and Tara Vinen and... and what, what's the other guy's name? Um, Svechnikov. Are you talking about uh, Svechnikov? Yeah, they're under, they yes. must be underpaid. Svechnikov is very underpaid, I think. But you're right. Like, where, where the hell is Carolina get? Granted, you can go like X percent. I think it's like ten percent or something like that 10%. over the cap, right? So, I mean, you can finagle some shit. But you're right. Like the Freddie Anderson thing, especially for a dude who doesn't play in the playoffs. You know, when you're a playoff bound team every year. Um, yeah, I don't know. The funny thing is, is the bunting, the bunting deal just absolutely blows my mind because there's people who actively freaked out and be like, oh, we couldn't keep them. Yeah. In dude, Toronto. Their guys are, are like Jordan Stahl makes 2.9. And I don't know if that's an underpayment. Martin Nakesh makes 3 million. Uh, you know, um, where's Sveshnikov? He's, he's not even on here. He's Talk about on long-term injured reserve. So oh, he's right. at 7.75. So that's where they're getting their their cap space because right well because they're they're sitting at two point eight million in cap space. So and they're kind of in a similar situation with the Maple Leafs are right now. It's not quite the same scenario, but Aho is due a new contract next year. And, and so is and so is Teravine. And so is Teravine. So they have both those guys need new and contracts, so is, and they both and will so probably Brett get a raise. Pesci. And so is Brett Pesci. Oh, that dude, honestly, that dude, is he UFA or is he yeah, RFA? UFA. Everyone, everyone actually, Oh, my so, God. Okay, so I'm glad you're bringing this up because there's a lot that has gone on in the past couple days, and everyone is talking about, okay, with Orlov being signed, it almost feels like there's a surplus of defense now with the Carolina Hurricanes. And even if they say, you know what, fuck it, we'll keep all of them, you still have to give Pesci a new deal next year, and you have to give Aho a new deal, and you have to give Teravine a new deal. There may not be room for a new contract for Pesci. There also, as a flip side, may not be money left for William Nylander to get a new deal as well. You think the Leafs just- have been pillaged on defense, losing Luke Shen, and <laughs> I feel like that's there's been more, but that's the only guy I can think of. But obviously, Muzzin is probably not going to play Hall. again either. But we got Klimberg. We'll get to that one in a second. <laughs> but the Leafs look like a worse defensive team now than they did at the end of last year. I don't think that's unfair to say. It, maybe there's a world where Nylander goes one way and Pesci goes the other. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm, I, think, I think you only do that if there's an agreement in place that you're going to extend Pesci for something think- that is at Nylander's number or less. I don't think Carolina would be able to afford it anyway. If you can't afford Pesci, then you can't afford Nylander. Well, for one year, they maybe could. They may just say, hey, you take our one-year guy for your one-year guy. Right? They're like, hey, we know we're not going to be able to sign Pesci. We have a surplus of D-men. That's 40 goals at the door. 
that is 40 goals at the door and I'm not comfortable with it. But at the same time, is if you're doing sure. that for picks and prospects, yeah, you don't do it. But if you're getting one of the top defensive defensemen in the league in Brett Pesci, who never takes penalties. I mean, there'd have to be a way to do something else for me. Like I know Brett Pesci is amazing. It's just goals are still a premium in this league. I, I would need something back maybe not and like like a nakash and then we add like there would have to be some sort of thing there maybe it's like nick robertson for and nylander for nick i don't know i don't i'm making shit up but <laughs> he's just stream of consciousness at this point yeah i fucking just verbal diarrhea at this point but yeah oh let's keep rolling on we go um quick ones milan lucic to boston yeah, that's cool. What, guy's gonna end his career as a Bruin, kind of where it started. Good for him. Radko Gudis, the Anaheim uh, Ducks. Thankfully, you don't have to see that guy against the Cup Final. What is Anaheim doing? We'll get we'll get it yeah. on the next one. <laughs> we'll get on the next one. Uh, Matthew Shane, Dallas. Sure. Good. Uh, yeah. Good on him. Whatever. I was really hoping it was only a one year deal for three million. I was hoping the Leafs would throw something at him just because, just because he was a Brampton Battalion. That's it. No. There's not many of those guys left in the league. A, if, Barry, if Barry Trotz is is exodusing, or is that a word? Can you exodus? Can you make exodus a verb? Excising? If Barry Trotz ex- doesn't think ex- this guy can score, <laughs> or doesn't think this guy's good, good for the team. Yeah, remember he was in the he was in the cab or the Uber. That's true. He may just be like, "You're not a good culture guy." So when you're talking about the Anaheim Ducks, the next one I have on my list for the Ducks is Alex Kalorn. Four years, $25 million. That's what you're talking about? That, dude, that dude's getting paid on what he's done and not what he's going to give you. 6.25 a year for the, Alex Kalorn. The, the, the Ducks, for some reason, think they are competing next year. They are fucking mistaken. You know, the only thing I can see is they're paying him to be a good person in the room to learn from for or for the younger guys caliber. to learn from. Yeah, maybe. But that 6.25 is a lot of money. When you look at some That's of the a- other, some of the other guys got 6.25 at his age. Geez. Fun, f- fun stat about Alex Kalorn. He's played the most hockey since he got into the league than anyone else in the NHL. Yeah, he also stays super healthy. Yeah, well, not just that, it's just all the playoffs, all the playoffs and shit yeah. like that. You know, like, so his however long career, you got to add like an extra two years onto that, essentially. Dude, very, very dependable guy. Like, yeah. great for Anaheim. It's just 6.25 is wild. No, that dude, that, that dude literally probably sat there and he probably had some offers from some other playoff teams. And Anaheim came in at six, he's like, they're willing to pay me what? Yeah, he's got Rich Paul as his agent. Yeah. After that went down, Kyle Dubas went to work. He signed Nola Chari, $2 million, three years for $6 million total. Resigned Tristan Jari to a five-year deal and gave Ryan Graves a six-year contract. <laughs> what? Oh. Imagine if he was still the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs and we were like clamoring for Kyle Dubas to get a defenseman. I mean, honestly, if Kyle Dubas was still general manager of this team, I can only assume that Justin Hall would have been re-signed like before he even got to free agency and got that ridiculous offer from Detroit. But man, how upset would we be right now if Ryan Graves was given a six-year deal with a no-trade clause as well? <laughs> with, oh my God. 
So okay, it, it says modified no trade, and I Doesn't feel matter. like um, I don't know what the exact. Oh, it's a, it's a twelve team no 12. trade list that he submits uh, from twenty three. Oh fuck, for this year. <laughs> okay, and then there's an eight team list starting in twenty twenty six. Like when do you, how, uh, dude? Like I know being a GM is not as easy as you know popping in NHL twenty three and being like, you know. Propose trade, accept trade, but like, what, what is is Graves from the is Graves from the Sioux? That's a good question, and he because did not. He played in the queue, so he did not six, play for the Greyhounds. Six years is a commitment. Speaking of commitment, um, Chris Johnson just came out and said the final details are still being worked through, but Max Domi is closing in on a one-year, three million dollar deal with the Leafs. So he's, get, he's essentially getting Kerfoot's money in spot as the third line center-ish winger. And also just coming out is a, a trade to the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> Pat, Pat Maroon. <laughs> and Tampa's getting literally they nothing. They replaced Tampa. Reeves. It's yeah, not a bad Pat idea, Maroon. honestly. But yeah, like the Ryan Graves thing, I don't know. It boggles my mind. Um... I feel like there's a lot of those moves during this free agency that has done that where you the signing of the player isn't surprising. It's the money in term that they get. All right. Well, if you want to like talk about some crazy money and crazy term, I think it's now time <laughs> to talk about the New York Islanders. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay. Jim's got something teed up. <laughs> I can see I'm, it I'm looking for I don't have anything. I don't think there's anything for this. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. Scott Mayfield. Yes, Scott Mayfield. Who? Seven years. No. Seven years. Three and a half million dollars a year. But like, dude, you can tell that dude went to the Lou Lamarillo School of GMing. It doesn't stop there. Elias Sorokin. Eight years. Good sign. 8.25 a year. That's good. I'm I'm okay with that. You're he's, okay with he's, he's he's a top five goalie in the league or top yeah. ten goalie in the league for sure. And he's what twenty four. Yeah, he's young too. So he's you're buying up. Yeah, oh, he's twenty seven. Well, even still, he'll be paid until he's he'll be paid eight million dollars. So he's thirty five years old. That's fine. Most goalies most goalies peak at like thirty. Jonathan Quick's still playing. <laughs> yeah, for the Rangers. Yeah, not not eight and a half million, but he's still playing. And then the one that everyone's talking about. Oh my god! Three million dollars a season Look. for seven years. Twenty-one million dollars to Pierre Engvall. He must got have a, gave Lou such a blowy. Do got another raise? Yeah, like he got for. for you know, I love this circle you, back. I know you people fail upward, but like, this is supposed to be like based on merit. Like, yeah, what has he done to deserve it? Not just the money. Like, if it was like three million for two years, Islanders need someone fine, cool. But seven right. years. To, for context, Pierre Engvall's career earnings up until this point. Five point six million dollars. <laughs> He's gonna get that in one season. Dude, 
Pierre Engvall's career points are 92. <laughs> in 244 games. <laughs> Dude, he, he in 18 games, he had five goals and four assists for nine points. Now, to be fair, that's just the 18 games he played for the Islanders. So you have to add his 12 goals and nine assists in 21 points in 58 games with the Maple Leafs. Yeah, he had 31. So he had 30 points last year. He got $100,000 per point. <laughs> oh, my God. That's wild. I wish I could do that. Yeah, I, for, for a guy who's apparently supposed to be such a, a hard hockey guy in Lou Lamorello, that's the softest fucking player you can sign. Lou has that dementia. Long. Yeah, I mean, maybe Lou's just lost it at this point. Lou might have Alzheimer's. Maybe he thought he was, it was like the whole Cliff Fletcher, Jeff Finger, and maybe deal. maybe he transported back to the early '90s and he thought he was getting Pierre Turgeon. <laughs> it's just yeah, that one is baffling. I someone I don't know what to say about it. A friend of mine sent me. Just a, like a screenshot, of what I think it was running on Sportsnet, of like Lou Lamorello's face and then like the seven-year, eight-year, seven-year deals they all signed today, or yesterday, I should say. And they were laughing about it, and I said, honestly, this man doesn't give a fuck. Because you know he'll be he, dead before those contracts expire. He doesn't want to work. That's what it is. He's like, if I just sign these guys, I don't have to do shit for another seven years. The funny thing is, is... is He's the dude who said about Bo Horvat too much for too long. Um, and he goes and gives Engvall three million a year for seven years. Like that's too much for too long. Um, He's a one and a half million dollar player at most and a two to three two years. years. Two yeah. years is yeah. Three years if you if it's Christmas time. I don't know. So, like and and people wonder why other like fans and shit and guys like us but like think yeah just saying like the armchair GM and get so pissed off when we're like, like we could do better. Here's my thing: fucking do it. You know what? Fucking do it. Spend the money. Lock yourself in. We'll see you on the other side. It's fine. Like go for it. How how, how old is Engel? Twenty six. Twenty eight. 47, but yeah. Okay, so they're paying him this till he's 34. Yeah. Who's next? It's, it's baffling. Honestly, it's it's a little crazy. But here's something that also is a little crazy. The Toronto Maple Leafs. They get a defenseman. And for whatever reason, they're paying John Klingberg $4.15 million. Anyone have any idea what the fuck is going on here? If, uh, if it's the Dallas Klingberg, that's a steal. So the Leafs haven't had offense from defense for God knows how long. I mean, there was Gardner, right? And he got the shit kicked out of him by the fan base. There was Tyson Berry. He got the shit kicked out of him by the fan base. And now there's Klingberg. Admittedly, the team is significantly better than the teams those guys played on in terms of playing total team defense. Listen, the dude is a black hole defensively, non-existent. 
He's a winger playing defense. He made $7 million last year. No idea how he accomplished that. Um, I think he thought he was He's also on a really bad Anaheim team, though. Well, he got traded to Minnesota and did fuck all. Um, That's true. But you're right. Like, he was on a, a pretty shitty Anaheim team. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm 50-50 on this. If the guy can play average defense, like, you know when they talk about all you need is an average goalie, all you need is average starting pitching? If this guy can just not fucking be absent, like Colin Sick, when the (laughs) puck crosses the red line to his zone, then we'll be all right. I mean, you're going to have to pay, like, he's going to have to get paired with TJ Brody. Because you need somebody to, to cover up for him on defense which means there's a massive gap on Riley's side for somebody who's going to cover up for his shit. So, I don't know, man. It's, that's, out of all the signings, like, that is a fucking gamble. I mean, it's for one year. Again, you're not tied into shit. But Klingberg's fucking... I mean, we does he have a slap shot? I don't remember. I hope so. They need to spread out that power play because everyone knows when the puck goes to the point, it's, it's never going to be shot. So Yeah, because they know it's all... Fu- like, if you got a legitimate point shot for the Leafs, that power imagine play how dangerous 40%. they'd be. <laughs> what? That power play would be 40%. Yeah, because you don't know where that's... Co- right now, you know it's coming 90% of the time from Matthews. On the or first it's getting, that, it's getting that feed into the slots at Tavares. Yeah, so all you have to do is cover... Matthews cover Tavares and the guys will just pass it around until it goes open. Um, if you get a legitimate shot from the point, you have three options now that you can't just stack aside. Right. So, I mean, if you can just provide that cool. Oh, it's a, Oh, it's official. Oh, Domi's, Domi's overseas, but they said, yeah, it's going to be one mil, three, Chris Johnson, one year, three mil. Max Domi is joining the Leafs on a one year deal worth $3 million. From Chris Johnston. There you go, Dustin. Thank you. I appreciate uh, us waiting for that. Um, before we get to that, I know that's going to be the, the the probably the biggest thing to talk about today, other than um, <laughs> Ben Bertuzzi. Um, here's something I just want to throw at you guys. Tell me which player you would prefer. Okay. They're both defensemen. Okay. Um, the fir- your first option, let's let's remove the money altogether. Okay, your first option. This player played sixty seven games. He scored ten goals, twenty three assists for thirty three points. So thirty three points in sixty seven games. He's a minus twenty five. Mm-hmm. That's John your Hunter. other option. <laughs> your other option is seventy games. So similar amount of games. Only seven goals, so seven as opposed to 10. 35 assists instead of 23. 42 points total, so 42 points instead of 33 points. Played three more games, but probably not going to score nine more points in three games. I know who this is already. Yeah. And a plus nine. That's Matt Dumba. That is not Matt Dumba. Oh, it's not. Nope. So just numbers. Do you want the 42-point oh. guy in 70 games or 33-point guy in 67 games? I feel like the this fucking, is going to be Bertuzzi or Bunting. Well, the first guy is... Oh, they're both defensemen. No, both the defensemen. First guy, the first guy is Klingberg because of the minus 25. 
Minus 25. That is Klingberg, yes. The second guy, if I had to guess, Eric Gustafson? The second guy is Eric Gustafson. Oh, nice. Who signed a one-year deal for $825,000. That, to me, says he didn't want to come back here. I would give Eric Gustafson half the money they gave Klingberg. For context, Klingberg's getting $4.1 million to be a worse player than Eric Gustafson. I guess, like Maddie said, you're hoping he's Dallas Klingberg. Because Dallas Klingberg was like a $9 million. And when he signed, yeah, when he signed in Anaheim, he was Orloff like hype. Like, I remember he was the most sought after defenseman last year. So, if. He just can't. Be, he can't be minus twenty five. John Klingberg. He can't. He can't be. What was know. it? What was it? What was the stats like when he went to Minnesota though? Because Minnesota was a better team than Anaheim. So like, let's not look at it as a whole. Because Anaheim was really bad. Okay, so when he was in Anaheim last year, he played fifty games, eight goals, sixteen assists, twenty four points for minus twenty eight. When he moved over to Winnipeg, or Winnipeg, when he moved over to Minnesota, I should say. 17 games he played, two goals, seven assists, nine points, plus three. You know what? There you go. Dude, no. But here's the thing. Dallas Klingberg wasn't much better. No, he, he wasn't. Might... Like You have to go back to 2017, 2018, when he scored 67 points in 82 games. You have to go back six, six, five years. Five years since the last time he became, he was like a really, really, I mean, I shouldn't say that because 2018, 2019, he scored 45 points in 64 games. But but I think the concerning thing is he hasn't played a full season since 2017, 2018. And since 2019, he was minus 10, minus 15, minus 28, minus 28. So he's a a career minus 33. And I know plus minus is a weak stat. I'm not going to, but there's something to be said to be a career minus 33. I think there's something there. I, I'll also say this. If this was a term deal, I would be probably upset yeah. for one year. I'm cool with it. My thing is, is how much is Matt Dumba asking for? And again, I'm not saying we're sitting here and, be, and we, we talked, Maddie and I talked about this. My biggest gripe on Twitter is why didn't they go out and get Matt Dumba? Again, like Matt Dumba has to want to, <laughs> has to want to yeah, come here. Guys have to want to sign here or. I would have given yeah. that money to Shen. Okay, Shen would have had to want to take that money here. So, but if there are other defensemen, like if Matt Dumbo was willing and Matt Dumbo wanted 4.5, like I'm signing that all day over Klingberg. Yeah. I mean, he like, brings well, you more complete and yes. probably a more competitive playoff type defenseman. Didn't he get absolutely destroy somebody last year and he got, yeah, he got, he got suspended for a game yeah he was a minus eight last year but he was four goals and 10 assists he's been seven goals 20 assists plus nine like you know he was 81 penalty minutes last year he's fucking the man goes the man goes hard yeah he's not the biggest dude but he plays big so yeah. i mean he brings you another a different dynamic than what Klingberg does and what Riley would be similar similarly bring to the table. Knows, maybe maybe this will be like when Larry Murphy went to Detroit and became the second coming. Yeah. <laughs> and win a cup. 
quickly, we had Michael Bunting, three years, $4.5 million to Carolina, and Alex Kerfoot, two years, $3.5 million to Arizona. Peace out, boys. Yeah. Just gave the Yagers the lead to Kerfoot. Yeah, I was fucking at the airport with Kerfoot's bags. <laughs> yeah, just check your bags, sir. You know what? It took, him forever, to for you, sir. It took him forever to get there. Fucking guy. So the the bunting thing like makes me actively laugh because people freaked out saying that's all it took. We could have kept him. Michael Bunting is not a four and a half, five million dollar player. Not a chance. He's no. three million at best. Dudes are getting paid leaving Toronto. Luke Shen tripled his money. Michael Bunting quintupled his money. Like dudes are dudes get paid leaving Toronto, which is really fucking weird because guys were leaving. Like Luke Shen won two cups, made league minimum. <laughs> <Then, laughs> That's true. Leaves the Leafs, made league Vancouver. Five times your money. Like it's so weird. Um, well, so yeah. like we said all the time, sometimes the best signings are the ones you don't make. I think you sink yourself, especially with the extensions required for Matthews and potentially Nylander and also Marner coming up with Bunting making four and a half million dollars. Yeah. It's it's not even a question to me. Like, would you rather have Michael Bunting at four and a half or Tyler Bertuzzi at five and a half? Tyler Bertuzzi at five and a half for one year for sure. Dude, cap like, like I think Trey Living learned from some of Dubis's contractual errors that he looks like he's continuing to make with Ryan Graves that when if if there's the cap isn't guaranteed to go up next year there, everyone says it's going to there's no until it pen to paper there's no commitment I'm not banking on shit March well, 2024 Lord willing no pandemic okay because we need yeah, the least need that cap it. to go up so I, I'm with Tree Living on this. I don't sign anybody long term right now. When you've got to get Matthews and you got to figure out what you're doing with Nylander, fuck no. You know, stay flexible. That's your biggest, your biggest weapon right now is to stay as flexible as possible, considering what you have on the books. Yeah. Also, like, here I, I guess like I know we're talking a lot about free agents and shit like that. Um, but I guess I'm just kind of curious. What do you think happens with Nylander? Here are your three choices. He rides out the year, leaves of ZUFA. He gets traded to one of his teams that he's allowable to trade to, or he signs the extension. I think most likely is he rides out the year and leaves for nothing. I think he gets still. I honestly do. I, and it is not me traditionally doing the thing. I think... They, they, with Timo Meyer's contract being an 8-8, that's the same contract. Like, that has to be his contract. They're the same player. So, yep. oh, and Meyer actually is a little tougher. So, you could argue that Meyer's, then Nylander should just be able to 8 flat um, or 8-5. Um, so, and I, I, only if only to not give him his stupid jersey number is the fucking contract, um, which apparently he wants 9-2 for his dad. Ugh. So, I would, I would, I would deal him. I don't. Again, we've seen, well, and we'll get to it hopefully before the show ends about guys leaving for nothing. I don't think you can go down that road, but we will see. No, the good thing is, is with Nylander, it's modified no trade clause, so you're not tied up like you are with Matthews and Nylander or uh, Marner. If for some reason you wanted to deal Marner, 
Um, I, I do think Matthews is the only non-starter when it comes to dealing him, unless he actively says, get me out of here. But I just, I think what you can get back for Nylander um, can help you a lot more. You can, you can trade him to get defensive help plus a 20 to 25 goal scorer that you could hopefully is going to be made up by Bertuzzi and also Matthew Nyes coming in, putting up a little bit of goals. Like if Nyes puts up 15 goals, I'm happy, you know? So, I mean, you can get more balanced scoring throughout the lineup um, and lose Nylander as long as you get some defensive help in some guy that, like I said, can put up 15 to 25 goals. Who do we got left? Uh, last thing is going to be Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi are now Toronto oh. Maple Leafs. Yeah, Bertuzzi. it's on TSN too, the Max Domi piece. So Yeah. Um, Bertuzzi I'm happy about because you know why? He's an absolute pest to play against. And where Bunting was a pest, Bertuzzi will hit. He'll, he'll scrap. He'll get into it. Um, and he crashes and bangs pretty hard in front. So I'm good with it. Especially yeah, in one year. Both these guys, it's weird. Uh, dude, why did I sound like Christopher Walken there? Uh, both these guys, <laughs> these guys, it's weird. These guys, it's weird how these guys were talked about for years. Um, it is weird how these guys were talked about for years as um, potential targets for the Toronto Maple Leafs under Kyle Dubas. Which, okay, hear me out. Brad J. Living steps in. These guys are now acquired. What's the one constant? Gritty, hard to play against. No, I'm talking about in the office. Um, you're gonna have to repeat the question. I got a text from my What's wife. The, we've been taught like <laughs> rumors of Bertuzzi and Domi to the Leafs have been for year, at least three years now, right? Yeah, we've heard Bertuzzi, Domi, potential targets, trade deadlines, whatever. Dubis leaves, and now they oh. come here. Yeah, you know what it is. It's Dubis. Well, their contracts ended. Well, that, <laughs> that was part of it. <laughs> And I think also, I think, too, though, that I think that's Dubis Shanahan. is the one. Go ahead, Jim. I was saying, I think that's Shanahan. Yeah, he, he wanted them. Dubas said no. It's like, maybe that's possible. Maybe these are the guys he didn't want, and Shanahan did want. How big well, of a if, boner do you think Shanahan got when Reeves signed? If that's Massive. the case, I really hope that Kyle Dubas's favorite band was Hollow Notes. <laughs> so it leaves Yo, I, 20, Honestly, I want to fucking pen a letter to... Brad tree living. Maybe and tell him, maybe like, Ryan Reeves didn't let it happen. Fuck that shit. That's yeah, not happening. Today. Here, here's my, here's he my take on the whole notes the thing. Guy. <laughs> yeah, but he like, walks out today. Shot? Just walks in, bust the doors, yeah. and change that fucking song. Like slap shot with the yeah the organ. I have to watch that movie. I haven't seen that movie oh, in so long, sir. It's a crime. But yeah, no, so, I, I've seen it, but like it's been a long no, time. But Can no, we, my okay. what. I was going to say my whole thing on the whole of those thing, I'm convinced that they paid for the rights for it. And they have, yeah, to, I said. we've said that yeah. they just have yeah. to ride it out. Yeah. Like they, they signed like a 15 year contract and the hall of notes is paying them like a million dollars a season or something. Um, and then Max Domi, listen again, one year, 3 million, no harm, no foul, no risk, um, low risk, high reward. Again, go, people will say, Oh, he only has X six goals and play. Go watch what happened when Pavelski got dummied who dropped the gloves immediately and then remember what happened with matthew nyes how many leafs dropped the gloves or remember when mitch marner had uh Matt Kachuk in his face 
and he just he laughed like a little idiot like that culture is going away you talk about you know aggressiveness peskiness up and down the lineup it's happening and i'm hoping that you know we continue to see that so i mean max played with mitch and junior i know it was a long time ago maddie but they did play together um so there's some familiarity there we'll see dude i mean he's not gonna don 28 i was gonna say you think he wears 28 why not Oh, so, how many so, how many retro Leafs jerseys do you think come out if Max Domi wears twenty eight? Oh, no, I was just okay, I was just looking this up. So in his career, he has worn three numbers: sixteen, which is already taken from yeah. uh, Marner; thirteen, which no, is retired, so yeah, he can't retired. wear that anyways. And then recently, he wore eighteen, and I don't think anyone's currently wearing eighteen. So he could wear eighteen, but why the fuck wouldn't you just wear twenty eight? I mean the 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 corporate men will the marketing push, would be yeah the marketing the team will suggest that to him. I yes, imagine. the the amount of sweaters that would be sold with twenty eight on it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, for the, the one year would be unreal. Yeah, for, even if it's eighty two, I don't like going super high numbers, but I'll even take eighty two. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But back to just something Jim said about the whole playoffs with Nyes getting ragdolled and Matt Kachuk getting right up into Marner's face and shit like that. And he's right, you know, where that should just kind of happen. The Leafs laugh and just kind of skated away. Guys like Bertuzzi and Domi and Reeves aren't going to let that shit fly. They'll get right in there and say, you want to do that shit again? Oh, Leafs, Leafs used to just skate away every scrum. They would just coast, coast away. That's not happening. Yep. And like nope. Steve Dangle has said it best, like you can't suspend all of us. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, hey, it's man. true. Between, yeah, because before it was, is Wayne Simmons. Or Bunting. Right? Or, but even Bunting wasn't really that guy. Like it he was, was a pest. Giordano. But, right. Like how many times Giordano had to step in for stuff like that? But now that you have Bertuzzi and you have Domi and you have Reeves. Like you have more than one person in the lineup who's not going to take shit, and you still have McCabe, and you still have, you know, to a lesser degree Lafferty. Like these, but those are guys who are the second tier of grit, right? And now you start to have that levels of grit throughout your lineup till you get to the Marners where they have zero. So that's good. But I will tell you this: they still have work to do. Yeah. Some, some, someone's up because I was just doing very rough math on cat friendly which is the most amazing website in the world honestly oh it's so it's you can go in a hole so assuming that it is because elliot freeman right now is reporting that it is one times three million ish so we don't know exactly what the amount is right now it'll probably be finalized at some point tomorrow so probably by the time this episode comes out but i just punched in three million bucks and I punched in three million bucks as well for Ilya Samsonov because I feel like that's probably what he's going to get. And I took Matt Murray and dumped him on long-term injured reserve, aka Robida Island. Mm-hmm. That still puts the Maple Leafs seven hundred thousand dollars over the salary cap. Now, to be clear, they don't have to be cap compliant today. They, don't, they can they can be October over 7th. the cap right up until October. Who gives a fuck? And people are talking about this a lot on Twitter of like, 
how can they do this? Where do they find the cap space? There is no salary fucking cap. Matter. The cap, the, the cap <laughs> is a, yeah. The cap is, you know, but like the girl you want to take the prom. She's a dream. It doesn't matter. supposed to be matter. cap compliant it's, opening it's, night. Yeah. Yes. And then exactly. you can't it's LTIR it's guys. Right you can't LTIR guys until opening night. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to work. Again, may I remind you, Brandon Pridham is still a Maple Leaf. For now. No, I'm I'm honestly can like he would have been gone by now. Yeah, I'm convinced. If he was still... going to do this, I I think Trey Living went in there, and with as much of a relationship guy as Trey Living is, and touted across the league, I wouldn't be surprised if he went there and he just said, "Look, I need you. I want you to stay. We'll give you a raise. We'll do this. We'll do that. I don't know, but I'm convinced that at minimum for the rest of the year he's here." Can we do now all you really need to do is so right now I'm carrying 12 forwards and seven defensemen. I could just take Connor. I must I don't want to do this. You take Connor Timmons, you throw him into the Marlies, and I'm sure there's probably some sort of cap implications of doing that, but that you're done. You get like all of a sudden you're savings. So, anyways, the lineup looks like this is so ridiculous. <laughs> Austin Matthews with Mitch Marner and Tyler Bertuzzi. Come on. Second line, John Tavares with William Nylander and Max Domi. That'll be Matthew Nyes. That'll be Matt It Nye. could be. It could be. Yeah. I think like, it'll be your third line center. Actually, I think it'll be Bertuzzi, you, Matthews, Nylander, Nyes, Tavares, Marner. Marner. And then Domi, Robertson. See, I don't have Robertson on here because what? Okay, I'll, like, third line, I have Nyes, Kampf, and Callie Yarncroak. Oh, I forgot Yarncroak was still For, Forget Dude, about Yarncroak. Now also, on. and then fourth line, I have Holmberg with Lafferty and Reeves. But hear me out. Domi, Robertson, Yarncroak, Camp, Reeves, Lafferty. Lafferty. So no Holmberg. No. He's, he's your spare part. Um, and Bobby McMahon forward. getting call up every now and then too. And maybe so a seven I'm gonna, so it's it's going to be interesting for training camp because you'll have Steves that could make this team. You have Robertson if he's healthy could make this team. Bobby Mack because keep, keep in mind Robertson ended the year on injured reserve. I don't know, you know, situation there. Um, then you also have and I I was really Bobby McCann who played fantastic last year. Was wonderful, weekend. wonderful. And you also have Kyle Clifford down there. Just saying. Dude. Joe, could, you, could you imagine you one night? Actual belligerent fourth line. You have, have, have to get Big E in here. Just a big meaty man slapping meat. <laughs> and, I mean, there's still also Fraser Minton who might have a chance of making this team. And let's not forget about uh, 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 Amirov, too, right? Amirov was a high draft pick for the Maple Leafs who had major health issues. And that's why we haven't seen him yet. Like, I don't know what this the situation. Uh, Rodion Amirov. Amirov. Oh yeah, he had the cancer, cancer. and he Brain got cancer. treated. So he, I don't know what his situation is. He may never come back, or he could be ready this this season. So I'm hopeful that the kid is healthy and he has a full bill, full clean bill of health, and he's going to be fine. We will have to wait and see. But I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of options of guys who can fill some of these last few spots. Quick time and check. With the addition of Bertuzzi and Domi, there's a lot less spots now. Quick time check. Um, I know we want to get to Fred Van Vliet as well. I just wanted to ask you guys one thing. What's one guy who went 
yesterday that you wish Toronto had signed? And, and not changing the contract or numbers. Look at the contract. Look at what was offered. I can tell you mine right off the bat. I would have loved to have Christian Fisher on this team. I think he's another type of guy, you know, hard to play against, hard to hard to, on pucks, real cheap, one and change uh, per year. Uh, I thought Christian Fisher would have been great here. I can give you a couple, actually. Sure. Yeah, I, um, could, I could give you one for sure. Carson Soucy. Yeah, that's one. For sure. Like that's, uh, mine, that, that's a dude I had, like I said, a massive heart on for to be a leaf potentially. And he came in at like a decent number too. So yeah. uh, mine's easy. He's Blake Wheeler, 800,000 bucks. I don't care where you put him in your lineup. Uh, he's a, a, a character guy that they could use. And he's still a useful player in the league for 800,000 bucks. You kidding me? That's also a, too, a hell of a steal with that mindset too. Jonathan quick. If you know Murray's out the door and you need a backup that can come in at a pinch with experience and How whatever, I would have. Oh, sorry. How much is Jonathan Quick making? I think Jonathan it's 1.5. Uh, one year, 825. Okay. 825. Yeah, for sure. So Carson Susie and Jonathan Quick would have been my two. Okay. If I'm picking think, one but... more, if we're doing two, then <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm not going to pick over your guys. Um, Garnet no, Hathaway. Like, I, Garnet sorry? Hathaway. Garnet Hathaway. Yeah. I know you would have been on the CC train as well because I know you're a big fan of Carson yeah. CC. Or so. Ryan Donato. Actually, Ryan Donato got $4 million. I take that back. No, he got $2 million. Ryan Donato. Yeah. All right. No, I agree. All right. Now, speaking of lots of money being given away, Ugh. Fred Van Vliet has signed a max... Contract. I don't know how, and I don't know why, but Fred VanVleet just signed a max contract with the Houston Rockets. I don't even know what it is. Forty-three point three, something like that. Is it forty-three point six million? Forty-three point six, something like that. <laughs> uh, it's it's hundred. It's one hundred and thirty divided by three. So yeah. it's so, a lot of money. Let me, here, I'll do the money. I'll do money. <laughs> Hang on. Divided by three. It's 43.3. I was right. Listen to the guys that made less than Fred Van Vliet. Kyrie Irving, three years, 126 million. Cam Johnson, four years, 108 million. Chris Middleton, three years, 102 million. Kyle Kuzma, four years, 102 million. Draymond Green, four years, 100 million. What is happening? It's, what, what did we did we like enter the upside stranger things experiences in toronto i'll take a check from them if they want to sponsor but did we have <laughs> the upside down in the nba imagine this you have a chance to either have fred van vliet on your team for 43 million dollars or have anthony davis on your team for 40 million dollars <laughs> he makes more money than anthony davis I mean, the guy doesn't play, but however, yeah, but you get the point. But look, One's I'm looking a at some of the other guys, guy. dude. I'm looking at some of the other guys that signed. You know, like from from a useful player perspective. I mean, was it Harrison Barnes was three years, fifty four million. Herb Jones, the defensive specialist, four years, fifty four million. I mean, Austin Reeves, who was lights out in the playoffs. Four years, fifty-six million to stay with the Lakers. 
Like, come on, man. I gotta find that clip from the old NFL countdown. Come on, man. Oh, Chris, uh, what's his name? Chris Carter. Yeah. Like, this is, this is, and I heard that the, the, the Rockets might have jammed the Raptors up by leaking that they were going to trade for Harden. So the Raptors thought they had time to sign Van Vliet. And then the, Ra- then the Rockets switched gears and gave Van Vliet this, like, max money. Which, I don't know, again, like, the Rocket Is Lou Lamorello pulling double duty in Houston? Van Vliet is a, is a hell of a player. Hell of a player. He's not a $43 million point guard. It's, he's just not. Like, that. those are the facts. He didn't win the championship here. Like, he wasn't the championship point guard. He hasn't led he wasn't, to anything. He wasn't a starting five. No. That's what I'm saying. Like, what, what is he getting paid for? I'm not sure. You know, and then we go Dennis Schroeder. Okay, good. Averages 12, 7, and 6 or something. I don't know. But a good stopgap until we figure out what we want to do with our, our point guard position. I mean, we're not contending anytime soon. So it's just... Uh, Again, Kyrie Irving, as much of a moron as he is, one of the most talented clutch point guards in the league, if not the most talented and clutch point guard. He's making seven million less. That's wild. I know I said this is that's gotta be the the name of the show. Is that's wild. Because that's all I keep saying. Because I don't understand yeah. where these guys are getting like who's doing the math? It's like the bird from The Simpsons that goes on Homer's <laughs> keyboard is just the hitting Homer's a calculator. It's adding digits. <laughs> you I'm, know? Just, I'm looking at Dennis Schroeder's or Dennis Schroeder and Van Vliet's stats. They're not, They're not far super off. dissimilar. It's actually not that far off. Except yeah. on the points um, piece. I think Van Vliet's uh, five points more per game-ish. I think he also uh, played more games, so, though. So career, if you want to go career or last year? Career. So career, uh, Schroeder's a 14 points per game and 4.7 assists per game. Fred Van Vliet's 14.6 points per game and 5.3 assists per game. So Holy they're fuck, almost they're identical the same players. dude. They're the same fucking dude. Yep. It's baffling that Schroeder got 23 million a year and Fred got 20 more million per year. Listen. So I'm I'm at a loss as the only to thing, how that happened. Yeah, the only thing I'm upset with is again, we lost him for nothing. We could have done sign and trade. We could have done trade trade, <laughs> and we just didn't. This is this is the darkest timeline for Masai Ujiri in terms of asset management. This is really bad. I mean, actually, re-signing Pirtle is also really bad. Because because you can't tank. Well, no, we gave away a first round draft pick for a guy we ended up signing. Yeah, who was he was a UFA. It's not like we took him out before free agency. He went to free agency. Yep. Like this is this is the <laughs> this is the this is not a good timeline for Masai. Maybe 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 Masai is the new Lou Lamorello. I don't know. Like I, like I said, Schroeder is a good replacement, I think, for Fred Van Vliet for what like cost benefit 
you know, for if you can get a guy that's what 0.5% less productive for $20 million less, do it. Maybe he takes off with the opportunity. Who knows? I don't fuck. Yeah. All I know is $43 million is, is lunacy. Lunacy. I know the NBA is notorious for lunacy, but this is next level lunacy and no disrespect to Fred Van Vliet. Just buddy, you're not a 43. Well, I guess you are a $43 million point guard now, mm-hmm. but like, fuck. I Houston. mean, good for him though, but Houston's yeah. not even going to be a contending team. Like he, but the thing is, that's the thing. He's, he won the ring. He, whatever, this was his chance to get the bag do it yeah i mean again not my pig not my farm right like you're not taking 43 43 from me so but here's the thing is like any idiot any idiot would that's take that money (laughs) fred's new company 43 and me (laughs) find out how much money you can make by going to houston rockets like if he was like no i took less to go here no like if he's like, yeah, I wanted to stay in Toronto, I'll take like twenty five million, and he got offered forty three. I'm sorry, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, it's not like a one or two million dollars less. We're in the grand scheme of things, okay? Not only is he getting forty three million, he's getting forty three million in the state of Texas. There's no <laughs> state tax. It's straight cash, homie. Right. So, like, forty three million yeah. in Texas is like sixty five million in Toronto. Do you know what I mean? Or in other places in the States. It's just, uh, you're right. It's pure lunacy. I, uh, my eyes are burning. <laughs> Let's fucking. <laughs> uh, last story on the list is Damian Lillard asking for a trade out of Portland, finally. And, okay, look, I know he's been really loyal to Portland when. I mean, times are rough, we'll say. But if I was the Trailblazers and a player came to me asking me to be traded, and, and, and by the way, I only want to go to Miami, I'd say, go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> um, if That's the way I would look at it. If you're giving me one option of where you want to go play, I would say, you know what? Why don't you just wait till your free agency and then go sign for that team? But wow. right now you're signed with the Trailblazers, and we're gonna play you. It's the, but that's it. It's the same thing as Durant. They'll just sit, right? Like they're these guys. The NBA. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Lillard seems to be a guy of, of good character. I don't. I don't know. He does. For the record, he does. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know that he would sit, but I think in the NBA, like these guys have way more power than any other sport. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's just the nature of the beast. He's gonna say, "This is where I want to go," and they're gonna. You know, because they don't want to lose him for nothing. They're going to take whatever they can get. And these guys know that their social media following, all they have to do is be like, I, I want out. And their value is crippled, right? So, you know, the rumor is it's like, <laughs> it's like all of Miami's bench for, and a couple firsts for Lillard. I think it's like Hero, Jovich, couple firsts, somebody else. I don't remember. Basically, they want their big three to be Jimmy, Timothy Butler, uh, Bam Adebayo, and Dame Lillard. <laughs> Lowry. Not Kyle no, but Lowry. <laughs> you can't, you can't, have a big five starting lineup, for Christ's sake. You can't blame Damian Lillard. Like That dude's been loyal to Portland when everyone for years has been saying, just leave. And, and, the, na- and the natural fit for him, like 
he fits in Miami. Yes. You know, he's a clutch he shooter that they another clutch shooting option besides Butler and that, that's what they need. And he knocks down shots late in games. He averages over 30 points a game. He's he can distribute the ball. He's he's very much underrated. Like it sounds crazy. He's an underrated one of the best players in the game. Um I think often you get like the Doncic's, the Kyrie's, the you know, Jokic is a different beast, but you know, the LeBron's and the Stephs and whatever. Dame is I think he was leading the league in average points per game last year. So it's uh be the perfect pickup for the Heat. It sucks for the Trailblazers to lose. Something like that. But they got the the top pick, the third pick this year, so they're they're in rebuild a little bit. Yeah, still four years left on Lillard's contract though. That's fine. I mean, what is he like? 29? There's value for the Heat, so you got to give something up. You're right. Like, there, that's a good bargaining tactic for for the Portland. He's 32 years old. Mm, yeah, but I don't know. I feel like there's not. I feel like Lillard is one of those guys that for Miami could put them over the top for that, at least the next two years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, they, I think that's um, their window. Yeah. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if they go back to the finals next year. Um, especially with a guy like Lillard, they probably get there a lot easier in yeah. terms of through the playoffs and not being yeah, hit. Playing. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, Lillard is served his time in mediocrity and obscurity of city for long enough. He, I do not fault him for asking for this. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's putting his time in Portland. It's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years in Portland. <laughs> and he tried, and he literally gave it his all to try and win in Portland. And you and know they were what? Competitive. They were a... competitive. Yep. So good on him. Did you know he only makes a couple million dollars more than Fred VanVleet? <laughs> well, that's because he's actually worth it. Oof. And with that said. I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is, it is the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his wonderful run in the WWF. Yes. Trivia. Do you? It's, you'll know the answer. Now you will. Do you know who was the first person to ever take an F5 from Brock Lesnar? Was it Maven? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that That's a total like Trivial Pursuit question. If there's like a wrestling Trivial Pursuit, that would be on there. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you when it happened, but I didn't know it was Maven off the top of my head. Like, I know it was the Raw after WrestleMania 18. Um, Was it like Maven versus Spike Dudley or something? Because I feel like I remember seeing Spike Dudley getting beaten the hell up after with Brock Lesnar, but. Uh, or like the Hardys, maybe it was like Maven and I think the Hardys got decimated. Or maybe it was the next time. I don't remember. I think that was in subsequent weeks because it would make sense for Maven to have been wrestling like Spike Dudley for the hardcore title or something stupid like that. Yeah. And Lesnar came and just killed all of them. I don't know. Yeah. Nevertheless, I'll start because mine is actually wrestling related too. So my shout out goes to Kip Moist, who got. <laughs> A match with MJF this past week on Collision. For those of you who don't know Kip Moist, uh, I can't tell you who he is. 
but um, he is a local Hamilton wrestler. We'll say. Yeah, wasn't didn't they announce him as Kit Morse? Oh, probably. Oh, they say Morse. It does say Morse. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but his Twitter handle is Kip Moist. So. Yeah. Kip Moist is a hell of a hell of a wrestler. Very acrobatic. And he's a very good dude as well. Very I remember. I remember from the day that he started in wrestling. Actually, uh, James, uh, let's put a pin in that one. And I'll tell you that one off off the air. But All right. <laughs> um, yeah, very good dude. And it was cool to see him uh, get the shit kicked out of him by MJF. <laughs> Again, MJF, the, one of the best uh, at what he does. Um, the I, I see clips of him all the time doing the signing autographs, and he throws them off the table. He takes pictures, giving fingers to. He told he told little girl's dad, "What is he?" The girl was eleven years old, and he's like, "She's like, you, uh, you sucker! Like your scarf sucks." He's like, "Oh yeah, well, if your dad had ten dollars to buy a condom, he wouldn't have made a mistake eleven years ago." Or something like he told this 11 year old girl like he fucking lives the gimmick and he does it so well but you know that he's just a, like not to kill it but you know he's just a sweetheart behind all of it because nobody commits to that without being that much of a dude you know what i mean so like he's wanting to give them the experience and that's what i mean like right that's you can't uh you can't teach that really i'm gonna go real quick um my shout out is to the was it the is it the Billy Jean King Fund, and I forget who else and the PHF and the PWH, was it P <laughs> Pro Women's Hockey Player PWHPA, Pro Women's Hockey Players Association, they're merging into one league finally. That's the big news, is that no more competing leagues. It's one governing unifying body for women's hockey. Uh, it's a good day for for them they've been trying to get this um going and i think with you know you've seen the growth in the WNBA. it's it's been slow but it's significantly bigger it's gonna get bigger next year with caitlin clark joining the league uh and women's hockey one true pro league i think is necessary for the the game to grow so excited for that excited to take my kid to games so shout out to those guys ladies shout out to those ladies i shouldn't say those guys Honestly, that was mine. I was looking right up at the article and the terms of it. Um, you know, like it's like I said, it's the mindset of someone who's got a daughter now and shit like that. Like, I'm excited to take her to games and, you know, for her to see that. Because, like I said, I know people used to or sometimes shit on women's sports. I went to the gold medal US Canada game in Korea for the Olympics, and it was absolutely unreal. And it was one of the coolest experiences and one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. And to see this finally happen after so long of people saying this needs to happen and we're here, um, it's it's really cool. So I'm I'm with it. All right. And shout out to all of you for tuning in to another episode of 43.6, which was brought to you by Now Your Treasures. We will see you next week. And until then, take care of yourselves and each other.